0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishnanos. Yeah, good morning. So we are doing the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, This is chapter 4. We are continuing with chapter 4. Last time we were doing a lot about sacrifices and we are doing maybe a verse or so of sacrifice again. And then we will continue from there further on. To the knower of truth. So let us do the verse. This is chapter four from the Bhagavad Gita, verse thirty one. Arjuna, yogis who enjoy the nectar that have been left over after the performance of a sacrifice attain the eternal Brahma. To the man who does not offer sacrifice, even this world is not happy. How then can the other world be happy? In the initial stages, it is mentioned about those who are on the path of spiritual. The spiritualists, the yogis as we call them, these yogis when they perform any kind of sacrifice, be it a havan, a kirtan, a bhajan, you name it, any kind of a sacrifice that they may offer, including visiting holy places, offering food to the poor people, taking care of the temples, performing pujas, looking after old old age people, whatever sacrifice that they are doing including the physical sacrifice that they are doing in their own world. Which means whether it is eating, drinking, sleeping or any other activity performed by these great yogis. First offering it to the gods. We had done these stages. Offering it to different different types of things that are there. That means finally whatever sacrifice is done is going to Sri Krishna himself when it goes to him, they get the benefit of it, which is in the form of when the offering is done, you get what is called as the prasad, the after effects of that. And that is nothing but one of the greatest gifts of mankind. So, so the great sages end up getting what is called liberation. They can attain the Parabrahma, they can attain the Brahma, the eternal Brahma. They get enlightened and they can go away forever if they wish to. But now we come to the second half of the verse. In the second half of the verse Krishna is talking about every other person on earth. He says to the man who does not offer sacrifice even this world is not happy. How then can the other world be happy? What are the sacrifices that is expected from a common man? Primarily, it is said that he has to sacrifice himself. Now this sacrifice is connected to his own life, which means his life is meant for other people. Think about what I am saying. What Krishna is saying over here your life is actually meant for some other person than yourself. Right? You will find that the mothers take care of the children. The fathers provide for the family. Now it could be the other way around also. The mothers may go out to work. The father may take care of the children. To take care of the family in the material world is what they are doing. They may be leaders. They may be teachers. They could be Politicians, they could be anybody on this planet Earth. The service has to be for other people. Then it is called as a sacrifice. The spiritual service is different than the material worldly service. With the material worldly service, the person attains the material worldly happiness. That means if there is a father and a mother, they are taking care of their children. They have a house. They are taking care of their children by sending them to school, educating them, giving them clothes and so on and so forth. So when they do that, the benefit that they get is they get a happy married life and a happy family life. That is a material worldly benefit. Zero benefit where as spiritual is concerned Because they are not doing anything for the spirit. They are doing only for the material world. Husband and wife are looking after each other. They are looking after their children. They are looking after their house. They are looking after everything around them in the material domain. They may get benefits from those things. The children will grow up into good people. But... Are they getting liberated? No. Are they getting anything worthwhile in their life whereas their spirit is concerned? No. Are they going to come back again to this earth or whichever other planet that they might be? 100%. The reason? They are creating karmas with people. A karma associated with another person. If the father and the mother are doting on their children or the husband is doting on his wife or the wife is doing the same to the husband, they are going to continue to be born again and again. Not necessarily in a human body. Not necessarily at all. Have you seen some videos where you see a child is sleeping and the cat is taking care of the child? You see the child is sleeping on a bed and the cat is trying to snuggle next to the you know cat a big cat is snuggling next to this small baby or you might have seen dogs playing around with children now that could be the return where the mother could be the child who was taking care of the child earlier and the child could be the dog who knows so this is the kind of karmic relationship which people have. But I am sure you wouldn't want a dog's life. And I am sure you don't want a cat's life. Don't be under the impression that you will be a cat in a very well, you know, well looked after family and all that. I am sorry. You may be a stray cat running on the road and eating rats and whatever vermins that are there. How do you know that your life is going to be good? Or you may be a rat for all you know being eaten up by some cat. You really don't know. So spiritual knowledge teaches you not to come back to life again. It is telling you why would you want to be born again and again and again in different, different wombs. So doing a service to your own family, children, whatever, I don't think it is going to give you any spiritual wheel, nothing. Whereas when you do spiritual service, something really spectacular comes out of it. The spiritual service that you offer in this world could be of any kind. It could be in the form of money that you donate to the temple, church, mosque or whichever place, whichever denomination you are from. You could be feeding a thousand people. You could be going on pilgrimages. You could be attending to all the puja parts that are there in this world. You could be donating to ashrams and monasteries or whatever. The most important part of it, the sacrifice that is needed from a human being, we will come to the verse after this. Two verses. What is that sacrifice? We are going to see today. So when you offer sacrifice for spiritual purposes, then you will get the benefit from this world as well as the other world. Which is the other world? The heavens. So Krishna is saying those who do not offer anything, they are never going to get anything back. It's an investment you are making. Think about the investment you are making. I want you to think about it. Let us take a case of a husband and wife. The husband is taking care of the wife and the child. He is not bothered about doing anything for this universe around him. In the next life, he may be born again with these people. In some other form. Not necessarily the human form. And they also may not be in the human form at all. Now, the karma associated with these two people only is prominent or predominant. They have never bothered to help the world around in the previous life. Now, if they get caught in a trap or a net or whatever... Do you think the world will come and save them? Nobody is going to bother. Do you get the point? If you have done some good material worldly acts in the last life, maybe there is a benefit in the next life after that. But you are not sure. You have never done anything By giving to charity or whatsoever. Never practiced any form of sacrifice. If you have not practiced any form of sacrifice. So in this life. And in the next. There is no hope for the person. Sri Krishna is telling Arjuna. This particular thing. So he started the verse with Arjuna. So we are going to the next verse. We are doing chapter 4, Bhagavad Gita, verse 32. Many such forms of sacrifices has been set forth in detail in the Vedas. Know them all as involving the action of mind, senses and body. Thus knowing the truth about them, you shall be freed from the bondage of action through the performance. Now, Krishna is telling Arjuna, There are many forms of sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas. Vedas is the main foundation of existence in our universe. The Vedas is the framework of everything. And in the Vedas there is a clear mention of how you have to do sacrifices. The sacrifice to different gods I think I have already covered this quite a lot. It is not some god in outer space or some god outside of you. Offering sacrifice to the god within you is spiritual knowledge. So it is mentioned in the Vedas how you have to offer the sacrifices. Now, know them all involving the action of mind, senses and body. Here is the clarification. Krishna says these sacrifices are connected to these three things only. Mind, senses and the body. Let us see this line once again. Many such forms of sacrifices have been set forth in detail in the Vedas. No. All of them know them all as involving the action of mind, senses and body. So every action that you perform in any kind of sacrifice has to be connected to these three alone. Right? It is mind, senses and the body. When you perform the sacrifices connected to these three, then only there are benefits accrued in this life and in the next. You may get heavens because of that. Or you may go to hell because of that. Depending on how you have performed. So the sacrifices as laid out are very clear. We have covered it in the last couple of verses. When you know the truth about them, you will be free from bondage of action through their performance. Now, let us try to understand at least one example of mind, senses and the body. Let us try to understand. Let us take the body as a first thing. If I have to perform sacrifice through the body, what exactly am I supposed to do? I am supposed to work very hard. I have to put in all the efforts possible with my body so that the world around me gets benefited. I hope you understand what I am saying. The body is a very, very important tool. In this verse, Krishna is telling Arjuna, Use your body for the benefit of mankind and God. Every action that you perform has to be beneficial to mankind. Then it is called a sacrifice. If it is only about I, me, myself, then it is not beneficial to mankind at all. So, you may work hard. You may build roads. You may build tanks. You know, water tanks. You could be, you know, helping people in the kitchen. Anything, anything. Today there is a pandemic. Maybe the, you are working over there in the field, trying to save people. You may be transporting a dead body for you know, in a hearse. Anything which is doing service to mankind through the body, will gain you the heavens. By the way, this is talking about benefits. It has nothing to do with enlightenment. So please do not mix up these two. That is a separate subject. This is a separate subject. When you do service unto mankind, the mankind will repay you back in the form of a debt. That means you are Giving something, so the universe will give it back to you. Now let us say today you are transporting bodies. You know to find a person to transport body because there is a pandemic going on is one of the most difficult things for the government. To find nurses is again a very big problem. Those who are working are overworked. To carry these dead bodies for burial or whatever that they do with it, there is nobody around. Now let us say you are carrying some 30-40 bodies you have taken. You have done service with your body. You have worked hard for it. So in the next or the next or the next, whichever life that you come back onto this earth, the benefit is this. Maybe you are a beggar on the streets. Maybe you are a soldier in the army. Maybe you are an astronaut in the future. Let us try to understand this. You are dead or you are dying. Your body is not going to be unclaimed. The person whom you have taken to the mortuary or wherever that you have taken is definitely whoever it was in that body is definitely going to see to it that in your next or the next life he will take care of your body. Otherwise you will be a lavawarish <laughs> nobody knows who you are. <laughs> so this is a very stupid example but I hope you understand the importance of doing service. If you give food to 1000 people today you see today when there is this problem going on lots of people are offering food Lots means not lots, but there are quite a lot of people who are actually serving mankind. They are giving, making food and offering it to the poor people. Those who are traveling or whatever, they are doing this kind of a service. Imagine when this kind of a service is being done. Don't you think in some future life of yours when you are going to be completely hungry, this person you have fed will come and feed you. That is the return of karma. Please remember these words. That is how a body can be useful for doing sacrifice. Now let us take the second example. The second example is of senses. Alright. Now, what are the senses? The senses are outward going. They will always go outward. That means the eyes will see outside, the ears will hear outside, the mouth is going to taste from outside, the nose is going to smell outside, you are going to feel the touch. All these kind of things are being done. Now, an example on this. Let us say, there is an opportunity you see. and this is Something which men will understand. Women normally seem to be ignorant that there is something like this going on around them. Men have a habit of looking at all the wrong places. Alright? Whenever they are in a public place, a location like a bus or aircrafts or trains... Or when there is a puja going on in an ashram also, they are watching women all over the place. And in today's day and age, when people are wearing all kinds of funny garments for doing yoga sanas and all those kind of things, these people start observing all this and their lusty nature keeps on coming back. You may think I am talking nonsense but go and ask any man on this earth. This is exactly what is happening in his mind. He is not going to tell you. He will deny it outright. But look at even Obama was watching like this. There is a very beautiful picture where Obama, there is a woman standing next to him. He is watching like this. You think men are not like that? So now think about what I am saying. Learn to control that action. You don't have to do this kind of a thing. You are standing in a prayer hall and you are watching for, you are literally like a predator. Why is a man like a predator? There is no need for doing like that. Control your senses. You don't have to focus on all the the peripheral things around you. If you have come to a place of worship, just pray to that God. I said women are ignorant, whereas this is concerned. They have no idea how the men's mind work or maybe they have an idea. But you got to be very careful how you dress. It is not for a fashion statement. It is definitely because you need to understand the nature of a man. All right. And this is a kind of a thing that happens. I have said this story many a times. I used to observe and I had one friend and I I told him, Observation is a very important thing that a person does. Observing everything around you. So, there was, there in Mumbai, there is a railway station called Church Gate. So, I took my very dear friend and I told him, I want you to observe everybody around over here. It was a rush hour. The trains were coming in and then going out. That was the last railway station. Then I told him, look at every individual, how they are running, what they are doing. So I said, now look at this old man. This man must be around 70 years old. That particular platform was empty. See, normally there is a two-way flow of traffic. One on the left hand side and one on the right hand side. The entire traffic the people have got off on the right hand side. The left hand side, one lady got off on the right hand side. And there was this old man coming. So I told my friend, I said, watch this man. Look at the nature, the predatory nature of this man. Now he was walking straight. That woman was slightly on this side. He deliberately shifted lanes and literally, imagine the whole platform is empty. He deliberately shifted lanes like this and came on her path. And when the lady came near him, he bumped into her and went ahead. I told my friend, this is human nature. This man is 70 year old, that girl, that woman must have been say 25 or 30 years old. This is what they do. Why do they do that? It is because of lust and greed. That is the basic thing. It is connected to your senses and your mind. Human beings have a dirty tendency. Men have a dirty tendency of watching all the wrong stuff. Whether it's in an ashram, whether it's in a prayer, Whether it's in a public place, they want to watch all the women go here and there. And this is the reason why a woman has to be properly covered. She has to take care of herself. I am not a person who is going to be, you know, what you call as a feminist or this or that. I am just trying to tell you, understand the nature We are doing the Bhagavad Gita. I am telling you how a man works through his senses. He is always attracted towards this. He draws his entire mind towards all the wrong stuff. And he falls into sin. So, knowing them all involved as an action... Of mind, senses and body. I explained the body. I explained the senses. Now I will tell you about the mind. Mind is a very very dicey one. It can never be controlled the way By any common man. When you do practices in the spiritual. You will be able to control your mind. So now. What does the man do with the mind? A man or a woman. I am not just talking about a man. You understand? I am talking in general. The senses, we just explained. Now how does the mind work? Imagine, a man and a woman are hugging. Another person who is related to that man is watching that. Oh, he is trying to do something and the mind starts playing on it. And it keeps on eating that woman up. And she will make stories after stories after stories after stories which are unreal. So, how do you do sacrifice with the mind? Shut your dirty mind. If you perform the action of this kind of an activity where your mind keeps on talking and talking and talking and talking. Any mind talk, please understand this. I have already made it very clear. Any kind of talk in the mind is nothing but formation of a new karma. The woman that you are hating, is always going to be in your life forever and ever and ever because of all the karmas that you have done. Now, this woman is hugging your husband and you are angry because of that. Maybe that person is having a sisterly or a brotherly feeling, you know, they, they might be... But your mind is dirty and if you are thinking, oh, this woman is doing like this, I want to kill her, I want to murder her, I want to do this... And your mind keeps on going round, 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 round all the time. This woman you hate the most is going to be a partner in all your future lives. It's the one person that you hate and that one person is going to be ending up with you forever and ever and ever. Why do you want that? You have created a battalion of karmas. I don't think you should allow your mind to talk. So what is Krishna saying? Shut down your mind. If you have any dirty thoughts, if you have any ill thoughts or ill feelings, or if your mind is going berserk, you need to control your mind. That is called the sacrifice of the mind. And the gods within your body, they will be happy. At least you will get to heaven. Got it? Thus knowing the truth about them, you will be freed from the bondage of action Through their performance. I have explained this verse to you. Now we are moving to another verse. We are doing chapter 4 Bhagavad Gita verse 33. Arjuna. This is an important verse. Please pay attention. Sacrifice through knowledge is superior to sacrifice performed with material things. For all actions without exception culminate in knowledge O son of Kunti. Arjuna material worldly actions that you are doing are lesser in hierarchy whereas benefits are concerned. So if you feed a thousand people you are going to be fed by these thousand people sometimes in your future life. That is how the sacrifice works. Which means you are going to be as poor as a dog. Nobody is going to care for you. So these people will give you food. Think about it like that. You fed the poor, isn't it? You think what is the return on that? The cause and the effect. You know the cause and the effect. Think about it. It is exactly the same. What is Krishna saying over here? This kind of material worldly sacrifice that you do with material objects is a lesser kind of a sacrifice. The greater kind of a sacrifice is a knowledge based sacrifice. Sacrifice through knowledge is superior to sacrifice performed with material things. I will first explain to you the material objective in the material world. Hmm? Then we will come to the next aspect which is the spiritual world. Let us first understand the material world. Now let us say you are a very highly educated person. You have done... You information technology. You know all the C++. You know different kinds of things. Maybe you are a data scientist. Maybe you are a computer geek. I don't know. You may be something really fantastic. Or you may be a farmer who knows exactly how zero farming has to be done. You know maybe oh, the farming which will be done by means of without using any kind of fertilizers, that kind of thing. Or you may be a person who may be driving an Uber, any. Now, if you know how to do something, if you have the knowledge and you pass on the knowledge to a couple of people free, What is the benefit that is accrued as far as knowledge transfer is concerned? When you transfer your knowledge to another person, then these people will get good jobs. They will settle down in their life. Their family will get fed. And because you have given knowledge to this person not one person is benefited but thousands of people are benefited. Maybe one student of yours becomes a very great political leader and he may help the world around. So how many good deeds you have done when you give this transfer of knowledge? Quite a lot. So isn't it said that instead of Teaching someone how to cook, how to eat or how to do something, teach them how to fish. Something like that has been mentioned, you know. Instead of telling a person how to cook a fish, tell him how to fish. So he can catch a lot of fishes. Somewhere it is mentioned. I don't know the real proverb. But think about it. If you teach someone, don't you think it is going to benefit mankind in some way or the other? Now understand this, in the material world, the teacher of the knowledge is the greatest amongst all. The one who imparts knowledge to others is one of the higher souls. So now we will come to the part where how does spiritual world work? Sacrifice of knowledge. Sacrifice through knowledge is superior to sacrifice performed with material things. Look at the priest in the temple. You are one individual who may be giving one coconut, one few sweets to that god. This is one man who is standing over there performing the puja for thousands of people. When he does that, don't you think those thousand people are benefited because of this one person because he is doing the sacrifice of knowledge? He is performing that puja properly. This is again a sort of a material spiritual kind of a thing. Now let us come to the more spiritual aspect of it. The higher spiritual aspect of it is this. Let us say you have reached the state of enlightenment. You have reached beyond. You know, once you reach beyond, you don't have to be alive. You can just die. You can leave the body on this earth and go away because you are benefiting from that. There is nothing to gain for you. But let us say you get the sanction for teaching people. The moment you have become enlightened and you get a sanction for teaching people, it is the greatest sacrifice of knowledge ever done by anyone. Now look at Jesus Christ what he did. He gave the knowledge to the world. That is how Christianity was born. Buddha gave the knowledge to the world. That is how Buddhism was born. Guru Nanak gave the knowledge to the world. That is how Sikhism was born. Do you understand the sacrifice of knowledge which these people have done? Because Krishna says for all actions without exception... Without exception, there are no exceptions to this. Any action that you do in this world, any action of any kind, let it be known to you. Even while eating, drinking, sitting, sleeping, doing whatever action, walking around, talking, any action that you do in this world, without exception, Culminates in knowledge. So any action that you do is converting into knowledge only. I will give you an example which was there in a science magazine today. There is a Hubble telescope out there in space. the world over here is trying to find out when this universe was born. So they are trying to locate the different, different set of planets, stars which are moving away. You understand? When the Big Bang supposedly happened, they said the Big Bang theory, you know, boom! And when it happened, all the planets, stars, this, that, galaxy systems they started moving away from the big bang so when they move away how does it work let us say i throw a stone in the water have you seen the waves how they move away correct so that stone which you throw in the center let us say it is called the big bang So, as the time passes, you will find the waves are moving away. So, when you threw the stone, right at that moment, the first wave over there came in, correct? And then the second, and then the third, and then the fourth. So, there is a lapse of time that happens, isn't it? So, these people are trying to find out with the Hubble telescope and the other telescopes in the world, when these thing happened they have been able to reach 500 million years but people are saying this universe is more than six and a half or maybe seven billion years old i don't know for real So if I am just looking at 500 million, I got to look at 1 billion, then I got to look at 2 billion, then I got to look at 3 billion. That means the wave data furthers and furthest and furthest and furthest, I got to see. So the planets and all those galaxies that are moving away, I got to see the furthest of the planets first or the galaxies, isn't it? Now the problem in their world today they are not able to do it. The reason is very simple. If there was a Big Bang, if there was a Big Bang, then these waves would have been there. Then there is a big problem. Now all this that I told you is the work these people are doing. The people sitting in the laboratory are doing this work. Those who are watching the stars. It's a work. W-O-R-K. So what I gave you just now, is it called knowledge? So tomorrow when your children are going to ask you, did the Big Bang occur? What is the answer? This is a very simple theory I told you about. You will be able to explain to somebody else by giving the knowledge to them. So do you understand that every action that is performed is nothing but knowledge transfer. Even in the computers when I am doing something, isn't it transferred by knowledge alone? When I am eating food, don't you think it is by knowledge? The food is going inside my system. The system is breaking it down into different, different parts of it like proteins, fats, minerals, you know, carbohydrates, you know, all these kind of things. Is it not breaking it down? Isn't it knowledge? So Krishna says, Every action that is performed in this universe, in this creation, culminates into knowledge alone. And the greatest person who can give the knowledge to others, now if there is a teacher who is imparting knowledge, that is the highest sacrifice done. So, imparting knowledge is the highest among the sacrifices. So, we will move to the next next verse. So, who is the highest among the sacrifices? We are going to understand that verse. That in this verse, have you seen the title of this? Guru, the knower of truth the knower of truth means know means what knowledge truth means what that which enlightens a person that which gives us everything the real meaning of everything so the guru is the essence of everything krishna is going to explain this to arjuna let us see what he says we are doing chapter 4 the bhagavad gita verse 34 Understand the true nature of that knowledge by approaching the seers of truth. If you prostrate at their feet, render them service, and question them with an open and a guileless heart, those wise seers of truth will instruct you in the knowledge. Who are the seers of truth? The gurus. The Guru is the seer of knowledge. So understand the true nature of knowledge. What is the knowledge useful for? Any knowledge in this world has got a tremendous amount of impact on society and the universe. If you have a prior knowledge, think about it. If you have a prior knowledge, Maybe over a month before the thing happens. There is going to be a thunderstorm. There is going to be a tsunami coming in. And if you tell the people in the world, there is a tsunami coming at this place, can they evacuate the place in advance? So isn't knowledge very important? So knowledge is that Greatest sacrifice a person can do. Understand the true nature of knowledge by approaching the seers of truth. The gurus are the repository of knowledge. They contain knowledge only. So you have to approach the guru. The approaching the Guru has to be done with a guileless heart. We will come to it. People come to approach, people go to Gurus because they have got ulterior motives in their mind. What do the people do? They want to go out and test the Gurus. Oh! This guru is sleeping with this one. This guru is eating money. This guru is doing this. This guru is doing that. Shame on those people who approach gurus with this kind of ulterior motives. Approach the guru because you need the knowledge. Why are you bothered if the guru is going and sitting in a bar and drinking? That is none of your business. You are bothered about the knowledge alone. In your school also, you have a teacher, isn't it? Your teacher may be having 100 affairs outside. She may be having a boyfriend somewhere. Or she may be a drunkard for all you know. He may be a drunkard for all you know. But when he comes to the class, he teaches very nicely. That is what you should be bothered about. And not what they do outside in their life. Some idiots in this world want to go out and test out gurus. They want to see who is the greatest of them all. Shame on this kind of people. Approach the guru. How the guru has to be approached. This is the important part which Krishna is telling. is not some ordinary person talking. See the way he is telling how you have to approach the knower of the truth. The knowledge has to be given. Isn't it? You want to go and get liberated, you need the knowledge. Remember my words, every action converts into knowledge. Did you get this point? Every action converts only into knowledge and nothing else. The true nature of the knowledge can be approached, can be got by approaching the seers of truth. That is the Guru himself. How do you approach the Guru? If you prostrate at their feet, you have to touch their feet. Render them service and question them with an open and a guileless heart. I have been asked some stupid and silly questions in my world. I was asked, if there is a Goloka, can I get a backdoor entry to that? I have been asked, Whether, oh there is a Goloka, can I just come and observe the women over there? This is not a guileless heart. This is a cheap person who is talking like that. You can't talk about God like this. You can't come and talk nonsense. Knowledge will never enter your brains ever. You will go to the gutters. How do you approach a guru? If you prostrate at their feet, you have to be humble. You have to bow down at the feet of the guru. Please understand this. Knowledge is the ultimate, not any other thing. No action is worthy of it. In the previous verse, has he not said knowledge is the superior to anything done in the material world? It is the knowledge only. And if you need the knowledge, you have to first come as a very, very humble person at the feet of the Guru. Render them services. What kind of service can you do? You don't go and buy a Guru by giving money. No. You render service unto the Guru. The service is very simply like this. If you are listening to the Das Bod, I have done an entire chapter yesterday on Das Bodh. Please go. If you have not listened to that, then you please go and watch that video so that you will understand what it means to do service. Service means seva. Seva means, doesn't mean going to an ashram and doing pot or looking at all the other girls falling into love with everybody. These people go to ashram so that they can pick on girls over there. Or the girls are going to the ashram so that they can get some boys over there. What kind of an ashram is that where you are going to do this kind of a work? Lust and greed has to be thrown out of the system. People go over there and smoke and do all kinds of nonsensical activities. That is not the way how you get knowledge. It just tells you you are from the gutters. Never do this kind of a thing. If you are very sincere, bow down at the feet of the Guru. Be very humble. Render them service. Service is the most important thing. When you go to an ashram or you meet the seers of truth, the Gurus of this world, perform service unto them. Service is in the form of different, different jobs that can be done. Just a few days ago, there were some gurus who had come to my ashram over here. These are great people. When they came, I saw one person who is who was so much dedicated to working in the kitchen, cleaning the vessels, doing so many activities. This one person, there are others also doing the work, but this one person was told, I said, can you please call this person over here so that he can listen to the discussion that is going on? This individual said some very nice words. He said, no. He told, Ma, you are doing the work in the kitchen. Titi is doing some work in the kitchen. I would like to help in the kitchen. That is the greatest work. And today I can tell you one thing. This man will reach the highest if he continues in the service this way. And then there are shirkers. Shirkers who will not do even lifting their fingers. People who shirk work and they don't do service are not worthy of any kind of relationship with a guru. These are the same people who will be called a rolling stone which gathers no moss. They have gone for ulterior benefits in their life. No. When you go to a guru, you have to be humble. You have to bow down at their feet. Do service unto them. And while doing service, question them with an open and a guileless heart. There should be no hanky-panky in their approach. You cannot ask stupid questions. Questions that will lead you towards knowledge of the divine. Not because you want to test a guru out. You cannot come to an ashram and say, Hey, I want to see whether you are really worthy of it or no. No. That is not humility. You have to become a questionnaire over there, but with a guileless heart, an open and a guileless heart, with absolute humility. The way in which this person did service in the kitchen, he cleaned so many things. He only approached at the end of the day And I was the happiest because I could see a gem over there. That is the way in which this whole thing works. Not the way people think. Sticking to that Guru is so important. If you know that there is a repository of knowledge, the seer, the knower of truth in front of you, you have to bow down. You have to catch hold of their feet and stay there so that you can reach your ultimate destination. Question them with an open and a guileless heart. Those wise seers of truth will instruct you in that knowledge. It is only when you approach them with a clean conscience. No dirty thoughts in your mind. No hanky-panky, no asking questions for the heck of it. Ask them questions which will lead you towards this ultimate truth. And when it leads you to this ultimate truth, what is he saying? Those wise seers, these Gurudevs, what they will do? The truth which they know about, that knowledge they will instruct you. This knowledge will be imparted to you. But if you are having second thoughts or if you are having doubts in your mind and if you want to search, keep on searching for answers, you will never get them. That is not how you do things. If you really want to know the truth, the ultimate truth in this universe, which is the truth connected to your spirit soul, you want to be one with the Atma, the Param Atma, that is the ultimate knowledge. Otherwise the rest of the knowledge is going to bring you back into this earth again and again. Maybe the next life may be of a small vermin or it may be a mosquito. Why would you want to become like that? So approach these seers, the knowers of the truth, very humbly, prostrating at their feet, bowing down to them, doing service unto them. When you perform the service, Ask them question with a guileless heart. Not with an intention of trying to do some kind of a mischief over there. And when you do this, the knower of truth, he is the imparter of knowledge. Remember, knowledge is the ultimate. Did I not tell you that? Any action that you do in this world is nothing but See. All sacrifices performed in this material world. For all actions without exception culminate into knowledge. You may keep on doing yoga sanas, you can do whatever kriyas that you want, you can do wherever you wish to go. It is nothing but knowledge only. And those actions are going to not help that much, but knowledge can definitely help you. How to reach the divine, the unmanifest and beyond. So the way is prostrate at the feet of the Guru, render them service, question them with an open and a guileless heart. Then those wise seers of truth will instruct you in that knowledge. I hope you have understood this lesson. And I have come to the end of verse 34. Next time we will do Verse 35 onwards. Take care. You have a wonderful day today.